Welcome everyone to our new kind of interactive online church, Hale Ho'onani, which means house of praise in Hawaiian. And today we're setting ourselves up to have a blessed Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving. If you could just unmute and say hello and in your name and where you're located. Hi everybody, it's uh, Thomas in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Samantha in California. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Mary in Irvine, California. Hey, it's good to see all of you. It's it's really awesome. Um, thank you so much. Why don't let's go ahead and start with our opening prayer. So go ahead and breathing in, breathing in all the way to the top of your head. And then breathing out all the way out through the bottom of your feet. And then breathing in, filling your lungs with air. And then breathing out all the way back out to the bottom of your feet. Go ahead and keep breathing in and breathing out fully and imagining that there's a sparkling white light of the Holy Spirit falling down from heaven and cascading over your whole body and into the earth. And as you breathe in air, you're breathing in this wind, this breeze that's cleansing the entire planet right now, breathing in this crisp autumn air and then breathing out this fire that's purifying your whole body as you breathe out. Breathing in the cleansing wind and breathing out the purifying fire. One more time, breathing in the cleansing wind and breathing out the purifying fire. Today we pray that during this holiday season of Thanksgiving, that everyone here just has the best Thanksgiving ever, the most profound and mystical and spiritual experiences, the most friendship, the quiet time and the recovery that we need to heal and to reset ourselves for this season of receiving grace. Breathing in, seeing the world around you, whether it be in chaos or organized, whether it be boring, whether it be, be struggling, seeing yourself encased in a bubble of sparkling white light throughout Thanksgiving. And you will get what you need this holiday season. 
see these Christmas angels surrounding you. There's almost like wearing white fur and they're gonna surround you this entire holiday season for all of November. And they're gonna protect you and your space so that everything you touch is blessed. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. Well, welcome, Michelle, Akemi, and Jim. It's nice to see you. <laughs> so our Hawaiian word of the week is pohaku. Pohaku, and that means rock. So go ahead and repeat after me. Pohaku. Pohaku. Great. Okay, so the way that you sign that is you make your hands into fists and you bang them together. Pohaku. Pohaku. Very good. So to say, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, you can say, on Christ, the solid pohaku I stand. So go ahead and say that out loud with me. On Christ, the solid pohaku I stand. Okay, great. <clears throat> so let's talk about the tradition of Thanksgiving. In Germany, they celebrate, I'm, I'm going to butcher the name, er Ertedankfest, which means Harvest Festival of Thanks. And Japan celebrates Kinro Kanshinohi, Akemi, I don't know if I pronounced that right, which means Labor Thanksgiving Day. And it evolved from an ancient rice harvest festival called Nina Misai, which dates back to the 7th century AD. And it's a tradition to thank laborers, like the people who do all the hard labor, who do all the work. The first Thanksgiving in America happened in the year 1621, when the first Europeans arrived on Native American Indian land in what is now known as Rhode Island in South Massachusetts. A Native American Indian tribe called the Wampanoag taught them how to farm so that they could survive the cold winters. And in 1621, they harvested their first successful crop, which is corn. So they were stoked. They had a celebration and they called, they called it a harvest home festival. It was basically nonstop feasting, drinking, sporting events. They were parading in the fields, shooting off their muskets. And they invited about 90 Native American Indians to their feast. And they had wild goose, turkey, deer. They even made ale, which is kind of like beer from barley. And that was the first Thanksgiving in America. And it was a rare moment in our history when Native American Indians and English settlers coexisted in peace. Once upon a time, they were friends and they were thankful. In the spirit of enemies becoming friends and becoming thankful for one another, for a moment in our history, we celebrate this tradition every year. So now let's try to bless, let's do a little blessing. You're gonna make the sign language for rock, as in Plymouth Rock, the Pohaku, as in the rock of our foundation, the foundation of our country, 
which is a tradition of thankfulness and friendship across enemy lines. So what you're going to do is you're going to follow along with me and you're going to do the sign language of rock every time we say this line together out loud. Okay, so are you ready? Here we go. May we be friends, not enemies. May we help each other survive. May we be thankful. And may the foundation of who we are be our faith. So thanks for doing the blessing with me. Today's Sunday service is brought to you by the letter F. F is for friends, as in Friendsgiving, family, faith, and fun. Faith is a type of love. And according to the Greeks, there's seven types of love. So there's love for your parents, there's friendship love, there's self-love. In Hindu culture, the different emotional flavors of love are called rasa. So romantic love is called shringara. Love for God is called bhakti. So faith is just one type of love. What kind of love is it? It's consistency. It's constant. Versus the other types of love, like passion, which is wild, it burns out quickly. It can be potentially deadly. Or playful love, which is silly and dorky. And then there's bhakti, devotional love, the yoga or the discipline of loving the divine. And this is the kind of love that they call sat-chit-ananda. In Sanskrit, that means truth, consciousness, bliss, the end of suffering, the pure reality, God, so there's all different kinds of love. And faith is the kind of love that's always the same. It never changes. It's the cornerstone, the pohaku. It's like a rock. And that's why you use it as the base of a lot of things, as the foundation. Because with faith, you can build anything in your life because you have the foundation. And without faith, without a foundation, no matter what you build, it will eventually fall. So in, in Matthew chapter seven, verse 24, Jesus says, a wise man will build his house upon a rock foundation so that when the rains fall, the floods come, the winds blow and beat on that house, it will not fall because it's founded on the rock. So if you have that foundation, everything else in your life will, will stand. So let's talk about another F word, which is foundation. You cannot cheat when you're building a foundation. You cannot cut corners. You have to take your time and make it solid. So it's important to be faithful in order to build a solid foundation with anything in your life. If you wanna build wealth, if you wanna build peace, if you wanna build health, you must be faithful. Meaning, you must be one thing. 
And the Bible says a man cannot have two masters. Faith is having one master. Please write that in your journal. Faith is one thing. Now, love can be many things. Love can be soft, warm, and fuzzy. Or love can be hard, like tough love. Love can be curvy. Love can also be straight and direct. Love can be bumpy, like a roller coaster. Love can be big. Love can also be small. But faith is only one thing. It's the cornerstone, the foundation upon which all else is built. That's faith. Therefore, faith is the strongest form of love. It's not fluid like cosmic divine love that can flow around anything. And it's not airy and intellectual that can sort of escape when you try to capture it. Faith is incredible strength. Faith is a force. Please write that in your journal. Faith is a force. And faith is such a strong energy that if you misuse faith, you manifest the bad F words like fake or fornicating, fighting, fear, which is what you see in religion and politics where leaders misuse people's faith. Faith is one of the good F words. And the metaphysical meaning of the letter F is force. Faith is the force within you. Faith is the foundation upon which our church is built. And the reason I'm talking about this is because during Thanksgiving, you're going to see a lot of family, relatives, and relatives. It's going to be a blast from your past. It's not your future, and it's definitely not your present moment. And you're going to need that steady, eddy energy. Because <laughs> faith can get you through anything. It can get you through war. It can get you through peace. It can get you through the travails of success. It can get you through defeat and failures. Faith is where you find refuge, where you come back to after experiencing trauma. And faith is where we return home to. It's a safe harbor of security and consistency. It's a calm that comes from strength, not a calm that comes from surrender. So faith is not complacency, which is sort of just accepting when things fall apart. Faith is using the force within you to make things good. So please write this in your journal. I use the force within me to make things good. That is the foundation of my faith. So yes, you must use force, the force within you, and you must use force with faith. Because faith is in it to change it, to build it. It is not in it to flow. It's in it to be the foundation, the cornerstone. So yes, 
If you think about the people in history who have changed history, Christ, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, they used force. Faith uses force. It uses the force within you. Now, in a minute, we're going to have a little journaling time where you name the areas of your life where you have a solid foundation. Because those are the areas of your life where you have lived out your faith. You used your faith to build that foundation. Like It did not come from nowhere. You had to use force. And it didn't come easy. Faith is strong for a reason. And it could be your family where you held everyone together for nine years. It could be your finances where you worked 30 years in an office job and commuted an hour to work each day, but now you can finally retire in comfort. Or it could be your athletic ability where you ran marathons and you worked out for 25 years, but now you don't have any health issues. Or it could be your intuitive ability where you had to experience a lot of hurt and hardship but now you wear the silver crown of wisdom. So right now in your journal, brainstorm an area of your life where, where you know you have a foundation. In that one area of your life, you have a base. It's consistent and you don't question it. Okay, so as you're writing, let's go ahead and share the areas of your life where you have a solid foundation. Thomas? Yeah, I guess the, um, I have like 10, I call them the 10 areas of life. And, um, the one that I felt was the strongest was the spiritual. That's what I always come back to, you know, it's to get centered. And uh, that's what stood out for me. Great. So in your journal, you can write a, my corner, a cornerstone of my life is my spirituality. Do you have other cornerstones? Um. My thoughts were kind of, <laughs> so I don't know if that's solid. I mean, it it's it kind of varies sometimes. So, so I you think could... you said if it's it's solid and it's not wavering. So, so you could put potential uh, cornerstones because we're going to build on these things, right? This is how you build your life. You build your life on your cornerstones. You build your abundance on your cornerstones. Who, who else wants to share? It'll come together as we share. Mm -hmm. I'll share. I don't know mm -hmm. if this is correct. Um, I just mentioned family because I can trust them and I can um, I get support and stuff. And also friends who helps me. And I also help um, trust uh, long-term friends since I was, um, it's 
probably like 40 years, uh, 30 years um, term of friends. And then I also like a, put a job or skills uh, because I had to go through all the things to learn and I still need to learn, but I feel like I have the base for that kind of things. And there was a safety that I don't need to worry about safety issues. And then also quality of life is much better um, than 20 years ago. And I also put a belief in me that mm. I believe myself, I trust myself. That's what I got. Okay, good. So uh, Kemi, in your journal, you're going to list your cornerstones. My cornerstones are, and you put all those things down. It's great. Who else wants to share? Um, so I wrote down uh, communication and like more specifically, um, the, the word craft or writing craft, screen craft. Um, and computers. Okay, Grit, one of your cornerstones is technology. It's really good. Um, I wrote about <clears throat> my job because I feel like that's definitely a place where um, I can make a difference. And um, I'm help I I love my job. I feel like I'm making a, a contribute contributing to to the well being of all the little five-year-olds that I work with every day that I'm blessed to work with every day. So I love my job and I love being with the kids. Anyone else want to share? So as an example, like I just saw this documentary with Tyler Perry and he was saying one of his cornerstones was that um, all the women, I guess, growing up with his mom, they were all beat by their husbands, like abused. And so they'd all get together and complain and, and try to cheer themselves up. And that was his cornerstone was these group of women that could always um, come back to one another and have each other and complain and make jokes. And that was his cornerstone was that black women are strong, they can survive. And then he became a, a, a billionaire because of of that cornerstone where a cornerstone is something that you can that when all else fails you can go back to that that that's who you are so when anything else in your life wavers you know that you have that as a base and you can build on that in your life or anyone else want to share their cornerstones or their areas of life where they're solid Okay, good. This is about being grateful and thankful for your foundations. So temporary joy is a thrill, and we've all had thrills in our life. Thrills come and go. Lasting joy is built upon a foundation. So please write that in your journal. If you want temporary joy, you can look for an experience. If you want lasting joy, you have to practice a discipline, which over time will build you a foundation. So um, people say, oh, I went to your church. It was okay, you know, but I never went back. Or I tried saving money, but then I got tired of it. The reason you don't have lasting joy is because you don't have faith. Faith is sticking with something, committing, and then reaping the long-term rewards for the rest of your life. And people don't, who do not practice their faith 
their joy doesn't last. And people who practice their faith in any area of their life creates joy that lasts. So any uh, thoughts that you're thinking about right now, if you think about things in your life, the foundation you built it upon? Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. That really hit me. That was really powerful what you just said about it's like if you're not practicing, you're not practicing your faith in a sense. So being disciplined in a practice is a is a practice of faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's building the foundation for lasting joy. So whatever you build in your life only lasts as long as your foundation that you built it on lasts. So if you have a relationship or a job or something and it expires or runs out, it only lasted as long as the foundation that you built it on. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I have this equation I had for some time called structure plus discipline equals freedom. I think faith has to be put in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what faith is. Faith is setting the cornerstones of your entire life, just setting down the foundations so that you can build, build, build. That's what faith is. Set those cornerstones down. And sometimes you must use force. Set them, get them in there, and then you can build a life. That's faith. Sam, were you going to say something? I know you're all thinking. Um, cornerstone, yes, would be always turning to inner direction and hearing what... Uh, Hearing and allowing to have that come through. Yeah. Great. It's wonderful. What I heard was one of your cornerstones is being an open channel. And also kindness was a cornerstone. It felt like it's wonderful. Thank you. <clears throat> So we talked about our Thanksgiving traditions here on Earth. Now let's get a little cosmic. The Western Hemisphere calendar is based on the sun. We have a sun calendar. Now in Asia, the calendar is lunar. It's based on the moon. And in Polynesia, the calendar is based on the stars. The sun is the brightest light. So here in the Western Hemisphere, we follow the light. It's all about darkness versus light. Now, in Asia, the moon is what governs the tides. It's the magnetic push and pull of the Earth's energy lines. It's all about attracting and repelling. In Polynesia, the stars are the only light in the vast space of our universe. So tiny in the night sky, but billions of small sparkles which guide you especially if you're sailing across the oceans like they did. 
It's all about finding hope. And this past week, I was again applying for jobs. I was buried in a mountain of research about which companies and which people that I want to work for. And Jesus came to me and he stood in front of me. And I don't see him like how I'm looking at you right now. At first, it was just an immediate sensation of calm. But then in my mind's eye, I saw a vision of a bearded man in a cream-colored robe, and he placed his hand over mine, and he said, follow the glimmers of hope. And I was like, is that all you have, glimmers? Like, that's like, glimmers like a sliver, you know, like little thin slices of hope. Like, what will that get me? What was the glimmer going to get me? <clears throat> and Jesus gave me flashes of the underground railway where runaway slaves followed the North Star to get to freedom. And then he showed me how the Magi were looking for a savior and followed a star rising in the east to discover a baby born in a manger. And Jesus said, slaves looking for freedom, wise men looking for a savior, you're looking for a job. Glimmers of hope will save you. So the big Thanksgiving miracle is actually a small, potent acorn blessing. This autumn season, when it starts to get dark and rainy and cold, what you need is a glimmer of hope to save you. Please write that in your journal. What I need is a glimmer of hope. Thanksgiving for ancient Hawaiians was called Makahiki, which is known as the Hawaiian New Year, and it marked the change of seasonal weather patterns. So like many cultures around the world, it was a harvest celebration, which meant no fighting, peace, family feasting, and sports events. It's a universal thing. And so it was an expression of thanks and appreciation for life. And the way that Hawaiians knew that it was Makahiki, or the New Year, it was usually November, and it was a moment when the sun set in the west, a cluster of seven stars would rise in the east. And those stars are called Makali'i, or little stars, also known as the Pleiades, or the seven sisters. Now, this little cluster of stars resembles a little cup of stars, and it looks like the little cup is pouring out its contents into the sky, and what follows is a curve or an arc of other larger star stars. And in Hawaiian, that's called Heka o Makali'i. Now, in Hawaiian lore, this is how the story goes. There's this chief, and he hoarded all the food, he gathered it in a net, and then he hung it up in the highest stratum of the heavens. And all the people were starving, they're trying to figure out how to get their food back. And finally, a little mouse volunteers. He decides to take on the task, and he starts to chew on the net, and he makes a hole. And the food drops out of the net and falls to earth. So a tiny mouse, a tiny glimmer of hope, who feeds a whole lot of people. So Makali'i which is the tiny cup of stars, the seven sisters, or the Pleiades, 
was also recorded in Chinese literature around 2357 BCE. And the Japanese refer to that same cluster of stars as Subaru, which is a coming together or uniting. And in South America, the Mayan people constructed their ceremonial centers so that the constellation would pass directly over them every 52 years. The Tahitian people call this cluster of stars Matari'i, and in the Marquesas, it's called Maitaiki, and the Maori people call, call it Matariki. And seven, as you know, it's the number of good luck, means you're on the right path, keep going. So that's Thanksgiving, that's the harvest festival in Hawaiian culture. And it's also the little stars of hope that feed anyone, everyone. So um, you've all heard of brainstorming, right? So let, let's do some hope storming. Let's create a storm of glimmers of hope for ourselves. And just imagine the harvest festival angels coming down from heaven with their baskets full of abundance and joy. They're ready to bless you. How do you want them? to work their magic into your Thanksgiving? I would like plenty of love, laughter, peace, and joy. Awesome. Okay, great, let's go ahead. Thank you, that was beautiful. Let's go ahead and do our closing prayer. Go ahead and close your eyes. And breathing in all the way to the top of your head and breathing out and imagining that in the room that you're in, it's surrounded by this beautiful saffron orange energy, the energy of balance and the energy of change. Breathing in this warm and loving orange energy, imagining the harvest Thanksgiving angels coming down with baskets and baskets to bless you, to bless your Thanksgiving. And imagine them going all over the world, as Samantha said, and bringing some sense of safety some sense of security to people who are experiencing war, who are running away, who are running towards. Just see those angels throwing their orange energy in their baskets, full of wonderful energy into your life and onto the globe. Now in your mind is seeing the kind of thanksgiving that you want. What is the energy that you want? Just think of that energy now. That is your thanksgiving wish. Breathing in your mind, hold up this energy. Hold it in front of Jesus. Go ahead and see Jesus in your mind. And hand him your thanksgiving wish. And see his reaction.
and you can be very specific if you want. Very good. And we pray that we all have an amazing Thanksgiving for our family and our friends and for the whole world. And that the people in this world feel for a moment what it feels like to have peace on earth and to just breathe and be able to live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes and let's go ahead and do a round of goodbyes. Just sort of, you can say anything, something that you thought of this Sunday service. Thank someone else on the call. Uh, yeah, thank you, everybody. That was a great, uh, great meeting, great service. And I really appreciate the, the deeper meaning and discussion of faith powerful thank you yeah thank you pastor vicky it's great service thank you for a wonderful service it was it was incredible and happy thanksgiving everybody thank you pastor vicky and everybody and i also had a really great time thanks everybody thanks Sammy got to say goodbye? You, you did. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone.